come and share with you this morning. A few weeks ago, he asked me if I would be available to do this in August, and I said, sure, I'd, I'd love to do that. And when he walked out of the room, I thought, what did I just agree to do? And um, uh, the only thing that I am fearful of outside of standing before people is thinking that this might be on when I'm singing. And um, so thank you, Cheney, for not doing that. Uh, my name is Mark Johnston, for those of you who do not know me. Um, and uh, I've had the privilege to minister here at Church of the Apostles in the student ministry for 18 years in different capacities. Oh, and over the last three years, I've had the opportunity and the privilege to oversee the college ministry. And recently, I've had the opportunity to work alongside Jeremy and, and Zach in the 20s and 30s ministry. I've been in student ministry for 30 years, and uh, I only tell you that because if you wonder why my beard is almost white, it's not because I'm an old man, but it's through spending time with the kids over all these years, um, and I'm just, just kidding when I say that. I've loved, it's really been a privilege to walk us alongside a lot of our young people over the years here in this church and in the church where I was before. My wife, Monica, has served in the children's ministry for years, and um, with Connie and the ladies there, and my children, Caroline, who's now 26, Elijah, who's 22, and Gideon, who's 17, all grew up here at Church of the Apostles, went through the student ministry, children's ministry, student ministry, and I tell you all of that to say um, that it has been a blessing. This, this church has been our home for 18 years, and um, it has been a blessing to be here, and I'm blessed to be here with you this morning. Let me pray for us before I start. Lord, thank you for, again, for your, this day. This is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for an opportunity to come and gather with brothers and sisters as we come, first and foremost, to praise you and to glorify you and to hear your word. So take your word through the power of the Holy Spirit and do your work this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I don't know how many of you have been watching the Olympics. Um, I have not seen any of the Olympics. I know that we're a little bit behind. I did look at the medal count this morning. Uh, but my wife, Monica, and my daughter, Caroline, have been getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning to watch the ladies' soccer games. And that's dedication to do that. Uh, my daughter played for 14 years, and my wife coached for a long time and, and also played. I can tell you this, that the only way I'm getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning to watch somebody play a game is if I know them personally. Um, but many, again, many of you probably have been watching and have been really enjoying watching these young men and young women compete. When I think of the Olympics, and again, I, I'm going to date myself here, but my mind goes back to the 1980 Olympics, the 1980 Winter Olympics, for that matter, when the uh, men's hockey team won the gold medal. Some of you in here can remember that, and very vividly. And if you don't, there's a movie called The Miracle uh, that was put out years ago. I think Gideon, uh, my youngest, uh, has watched that probably about a hundred times, it seems like. But if you have seen the movie, you know Kurt Russell plays Herb Brooks, who was the men's coach for the hockey team during that time. And there's this one dramatic scene in the movie where he keeps the team 
after a game that they had played poorly, and I think even they lost. And he's really upset with them. And people are leaving the stadium, and he starts sharing with them his disappointment about what he had just witnessed on the ice. He goes on to tell them that they're playing selfishly and that the name on the front of the jersey means more than the name on the back of their jersey. He makes them, he tells them to line up, and you, again, if you saw the movie, he makes them line up and he has them start doing sprints up and down the ice. And people who are leaving the stadium turn around and they start looking. And they stand there and they watch. And this coach has them up and down the ice repeatedly for quite a period of time. Until finally the lights are turned out in the stadium. And Herb Brooks is continuing to have them skate up and down in his displeasure. Eventually, a guy by the name of Mike Ruzioni yells out his name. Mike Ruzioni from Winthrop, Massachusetts. And Kurt Russell looks at him and says, who do you play for? Mike Ruzioni says, I play for the United States of America. Kurt Russell looks at the team and he says, men, you're dismissed. What was the point of the scene of this movie? If you've seen it and you know the story, the coach wanted his players to understand and realize they were playing for something greater than themselves. They were representing and playing for a country instead of just playing for themselves. These young men had been college hotshots. They were the best of the best. And what he was trying to point out to them was that they were playing selfishly, playing for themselves, and they were not playing together as a team. And they, even though they thought that they could win on talent alone, that was not the focus. The focus was that they were playing for something greater. The question I have for us this morning is not who do we play for, but who do we live for? As a Christian, that should be something that we ask ourselves is, why do I get up in the morning? Why do I live my life the way that I do? Is it just for myself, or is it for someone greater than myself? That's an important question to ask ourselves and to even ask our children and present to our children, no matter how old they are. And so this morning, as I continue on, the first question, and many of you know this, but the first question in the Westminster Catechism, which was written between 1646 and 1647, it was written to help new believers understand the important truths of their faith. The first question is, what is the chief end of man? Response, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Now, the background that I have, I was in the PCA church for 10 years as a youth pastor, and that was something that we heard a lot as far as in the Presbyterian church and in teaching catechism. And if you have children in this church and they've gone through the children's ministry, they have been a part of that at some point in time. 
Many of your children, along with my children, have learned the children's catechism, and it starts off this way. Who made you? Answer, God. What else did God make? God made all things. Why did God make you in all things? For his glory. How can you glorify God? By loving him and doing what he commands. Why ought you to glorify God? Because he made me and takes care of me. We would ask our children these questions when they were growing up repeatedly, having them learn the important truths of Scripture. And if you, again, if you know the catechism, you know there's a lot of Scripture that go along with the question and answers. But what we wanted was for them to understand that life was not about them. In fact, my youngest, Gideon, that's probably, he heard that most of his life growing up. When he would complain, whatever it might be, we would say, Gideon, life's not about you. Right? Life's not about you. Maybe you have said those things to your own children. Life's not about you. But what we would communicate even past that is, You were created for God's glory, and you're called to live for God's glory. One of the saddest things for me as a youth pastor and college pastor over the years is to sit down with young people who grew up in church, who may be struggling in their life, trying to figure out their purpose in the world, and the hopelessness a lot of times that they they communicate in their voice when they talk about their lives and trying to figure things out. And again, that's not uncommon for all of us to have gone through or have our children go through. But the thing that I try to remind them when I'm having those conversations with them is not necessarily quoting a lot of Scripture, though that's good, but to help them understand that no matter what they do in their lives, First and foremost, they've, called, they've been called to glorify God in all that they do. And that's something that I know as a dad and my wife also is that that's something that we need to be constantly reminded of and we need to remind our children. When we talk about, and we have been talking about, Dr. Youssef has been sharing from his heart about the goal that we have in, in this church is passing on our faith to the next generation. You'll, you'll, you've heard it. You'll continue to hear it because that's the heartbeat that we have here. Outside of sharing the gospel with our children, we need to remind our children frequently that they've been called to live their lives for the glory of God. So if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Many of you know this passage, you've probably memorized it, but what are we called to do as parents as far as in raising our children? Moses, in this, as he's sharing his heart about 